Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Our text for today, St. Mark's words from the Gospel reading where he writes, They brought to Jesus a man who was deaf and mute, and they begged him to lay his hand on him. And taking him aside, away from the crowd, privately he put his fingers into his ears. After spitting, he touched his tongue. And he looked up to heaven and sighed, and he said to him, Aphetha, that is, be opened, and his ears were opened. And his tongue was released, and he spoke rightly. This is our text today, dear friends in our Lord Jesus Christ. The Gospel according to St. John concludes with these words. And there were also many other things that Jesus did, which, if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Well, I suppose that today's miracle account might seem to us like just one of those things. One of those many other things of which John speaks a miracle among the multitude of miracles that Jesus performed. You have the same basic players, slightly different story. You have one who stands in need and a nameless one. We're not told his name like so often. They're not named in these miracle accounts. You have the one who stands in need and then you have the Christ who can fill the need and who does. And you have the charge by Christ not to tell anyone and you have the fact that he does. It seems rather ordinary, this miracle. And as far as miracles go, its magnificence probably doesn't seem to hold a candle to those that we've heard about over the course of these last months in our Sunday pericopal readings. It's not as sweeping, perhaps, as the waking Jesus in the stern of the ship calming the tempest of the Sea of Galilee with his voice, not as breathtaking probably as Jesus speaking resurrected life and breath right back into Jairus' dead daughter. This single act today didn't impact nearly as many lives at one time as when our Lord fed upwards of 5,000 hungry mouths with miracle bread and fish. And so as far as miracles go, it seems this one today seems rather ordinary. But you know well, there's no such thing as an ordinary miracle. For we don't measure, and we, don't, and we shouldn't measure miracles by the wow factor of them. We measure them by the who factor. And so you ask the deaf man who now hears and whose muted tongue now rightly speaks, you ask him how ordinary this miracle is, and you know well what he'd gladly tell you. Imagine the impact our Lord's touch had on this particular man on this particular day. His ears, closed to the common sounds of everyday life that we so take for granted. This morning's cereal box popping open. Keys jingling as you find the one that's going to be inserted into your ignition drive you here this morning. The casual greetings that we exchanged as we met one another this morning. Closed all to his ears, and a tongue unable to give the right and plain speech and communicate the right and plain speech. The tongue was made to communicate. Ears closed, a tongue tied, but an encounter with the Christ. And how extraordinary this day would forever be to this particular man. Don't you think he marked this day on his own personal calendar? Don't you? 
Don't you think he recalled it often? Can't you imagine that to him it was beyond the breathtaking resurrection of someone else's daughter? Don't you think it was dearer to him than the miraculous filling of someone else's hunger? This was his, this miracle, his. It happened to him. But this miracle, friend, it's not just his. In a way, this one's really yours too. Now, likely you don't suffer from sin's universal fallout in exactly the same way this man did by deaf ears. Maybe your hearing's not the best, but it's probably not altogether gone. And though it varies for all of us, you likely don't have a tongue completely tied down. You've got your own limitations, infirmities that testify to the sinful condition each and every one of us bears. You've got yours, I've got mine. We're sinners. And we bear the marks of sin. But today's miracle, I tell you, it's more yours than perhaps you realize. Never been deaf? Oh, but you have. Tongue never been tied? It has been. Physically, no, not likely. But spiritually, absolutely, yes. Absolutely. And you know that that's the natural born human condition. And the cause, the root cause of all of our physical ailments. Scripture itself says, Paul says, the body is dead because of sin. It's the reason we break down. And so Scripture says it, that naturally our spiritual ears, they don't hear. They don't receive God. Jesus once said, quoting Isaiah, he said, hearing they do not hear. Naturally, our tongues don't rightly speak and confess him as our tongues were created to do. And so scripture says, no one is able to say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Sin stopped ears, tongues. Tongue-tied by our transgression. That's why the psalmist wrote. That's why we so often sing in our Matins liturgy, O Lord, open my lips. We can't do it ourselves. O Lord, open my lips that my mouth may show forth your praise. That's the spiritually deaf and mute condition that all of mankind shares. And you want evidence that we do? You want evidence of our spiritual deafness the world over? Then consider that with ears deaf to hear the salvation that God proclaims from his pulpits through his word by his people. Still, how many, as if seeing mouths moving but not comprehending a thing, how many ridicule and mock God's saving news to them? Deaf ears that shut the door to it as as if it weren't even there making a sound. You want evidence that spiritually our tongues are muted to confess what's right and true? Then consider of the six billion souls that today live on earth, two-thirds of the world's mouths don't utter a single trusting word of the salvation Jesus Christ has earned for all humanity. Natural spiritual ears and tongues need Christ's ephetha. Or they remain shut and tied. It's an interesting word that you heard Mark use. St. Mark used earlier in the, in the reading. 
in explaining the Aramaic word Ephatha. Recall what Mark adds for those who didn't know Aramaic. He explains the word. Recall that he adds Ephatha, that is, be opened. And the Greek equivalent that Mark uses for Ephatha is an interesting Greek word, dianoiga. And it means to open, but not just open, open thoroughly. The word was touched on in Bible class last week. Open thoroughly. Scripture uses that word dianoiga elsewhere. Luke records the night of Jesus' resurrection that Jesus dianoiga, he opened thoroughly the minds of his disciples that they might comprehend the scriptures. Had he not opened their minds, they couldn't comprehend what was written of him. In Acts, we're told that the Lord dianoiga opened thoroughly the heart of one named Lydia so that she could heed, so that she could hold on to the words of Paul. He's going to do that again this morning, too, for one named Lydia, one of our own little newborn Lydia Knephel. Like all of us, spiritually, she's unable by birth and nature to hear or confess Christ, and so she's to be this morning at the 11 o'clock service, brought, brought by her parents to the font, to the only one they know, the only one there is, who's able with a little water, not spittle, but with a little close though, with a little water in his word, the only one they know who can lay an eternally healing hand upon their little girl. And Dianoiga opened her ears of faith to hear and her tongue to confess what her little heart soon this morning will already know and believe. And so you see, this miracle today, in a sense, the text, it belongs to you and to your condition far more than you may have realized. But there's another reason to hold this one so dear. For consider, consider how intimately personal it is. How many broken bodies had our Lord already healed? How many more were there to heal? Far more, John tells us, than we'll ever know. How many more needed his healing to alleviate their ailments, to, to cure their conditions? Christ could have wished this man and worked this man well from afar. He could have done it quickly in passing. It would have been well within his right to do each of these. For the Son of God owes no one his time. You and I, we get busy doing the things that require time of us so that perhaps we don't give the time, as St. James was telling us in the epistle reading today, we don't give the time perhaps to those among us who do deserve rightly our time. Don't you think our Lord was busy too? And even though this deaf and mute man deserved none of his time, note well and consider how the Lord deals with him. Christ lends his entire attention to this man and his matter. Not only... Consider it. Not only does our Lord draw him aside, as we're told, away from the crowd, away from the multitude, privately, Mark writes, as if he were the only one in the world that needed Jesus' healing attention. But some have too suggested that Christ's rather peculiar action of first inserting his, his finger into the man's worthless ears and then touching afterward his tongue. Some have suggested, in fact, that this was Christ using sign language. An age-old sign for deafness, and it well could be. But consider, 
How much more personal? How much more direct or tender could Jesus Christ be with this man? One on divine one, speaking to his need, speaking through his need, speaking in the language that he knows. Consider it. For friends, do you think that your Lord Jesus thinks any less tenderly of you than he did of him? Do you think that your problems are any more corporate? Or that's to say, do you think that Christ Jesus pays less attention to your particular ailments and ills than those of this man? Is his ear, Christ's ear, any less open to you? You're just as dear to him, just as near to him, just as looked upon in love by him, just as attentively does he address you. And mind you well, he weighs not just what's good for you. He gives you, he considers carefully, and gives you what's going to be best for you, and eternally so. So that at times he will remedy your ills through his medical or his surgical healing touch. But because he wants what's eternally best for you, sometimes he'll leave things just the way they are. So that he can use them to direct your thoughts heavenward. He cares. But the only reason he deals so tenderly with us in our present and, 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 with our, and in our future ills, the only reason is this, that he graciously dealt with every human sin on a day long past. With groans and sighs, deeper and richer than any language ever could capture or express, your Lord took upon himself your griefs, carried your sorrows, bore in his body your sins, required ruin. He did it on the cross. He did it for you. And I'm, I'm not speaking only of you collectively or corporately. I'm talking about you individually, personally. For do you think, even if you'd been the only soul in this world that needed redeeming, would not the story have been the same? Lowly born for you? A life of perfect love lived for you so that he could credit it to you individually. Gethsemane's anguish for you. Calvary's crucifixion for you. And so picture yourself alone with Christ standing there at the foot of his cross. Looking on just the two of you in all the world. A sinful man. You a sinful man and him who knew no sin. And yet became sin for you so that in him you might become his righteousness. You see, it's that personal. His cross, yours. And the resurrection pronouncement when the early dawn resounded with that cosmic command, Ephatha, in the gates of heaven, he commanded wide and thoroughly open to you. It's yours. It's happened for you. It happened to you. It happened to you personally that unforgettable day when you were baptized into the death and resurrection of Christ Jesus. It happens to you personally, individually, 
Yes, personal, but not in an isolated way. It happens to you personally, with your ears now unable to hear, when you hear God's word preached to you, here with all the others hearing the shepherd's one voice. The sin-forgiving miracle happens again and again when you take and eat with others the sacramental food in this his pasture, and we confess it with others, do we not? With one voice, what our tongues have been released to confess, right speech, Mark called it of the man ortho-speech, orthodoxy, that's what we confess. Last thing I'll leave you with here today. My wife and I recently saw a movie that had been released some years ago, a movie called Immortal Beloved. It's a, a historical fiction of sorts about Ludwig von Beethoven. As you well perhaps know, the great composer and virtuoso came to be deaf in his lifetime, a fact that he tried very hard to hide from the rest of the world. A deaf musical master, it's a tragic irony, but one particular scene in this movie depicts what it must have been like for this deaf composer to catch a faint glimmer of his most earnest longing fulfilled because it pictures him alone in a room playing from memory a piece that he himself had composed, his eyes closed, a, a contented and a slight smile on his face and his head turned to the side with, with his ear, touching the top, the wooden top surface of the piano. Why? Because at best, he could only quote here by feeling the vibration of the piano strings in his deafened ear. How terribly he must have longed to hear it so plainly. And you know that well because the very last recorded words of Beethoven before his death are these. He said, in heaven, I shall hear. Friends, in Christ's healing miracle you heard of today, you catch a glimmer of what it will be for you to realize your most earnest longings for fulfilled, for it will be. When, as Jesus said, all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth. Then once again and for all time, the eyes of those once blind and closed in death will again see. The ears of the deaf will forever be unstopped. Then shall the infirm forever leap like deer. And the tongues, our tongues, muted for a while in death, forever will sing for joy. For now, you live with life's ear, with your infirmity to the piano. But then, in heaven, like Beethoven said, you shall hear. Your every longing fulfilled. And so for now, with spiritual ears to hear, hear it. With your tongues released to speak, you confess it. With hope undying, you expect it. For he has done all things well. In his name, amen.